Hello and welcome back to the Timeline Astrology Podcast with myself, Gary O'Toole, and my guest today, Kishori. Kishori has been with me before as we talked about her song of Rahu, the epic poem uh, that she's written, as well as Rahu in the first, second, and now we're going to talk all about Rahu in the third house of astrology and what that might mean. Kishori, just to remind you, is the keeper of the carousel luminous dreamer of dreams and weaver of webs superfluid shape shifter catalytic converter spinner of tales singer of songs dancer of desires lover of the leela of life wild night rider who never grows old super contemporary creator of the state of the art designer software for the evolutionary mind and i think that description of kishori and she'll explain also in this podcast more about what kishori means is really appropriate for Rahu in the third house and what the third house suggests. So I really enjoyed this conversation with Kishori and I hope you do too. So welcome back, Kishori. We're going to talk, well, hi, how are you? First Hello. Of all? Yes, I'm really good and it's, it's, it's a, always a pleasure to talk with you, Gary. Uh, likewise, likewise. I always look forward to this conversation. Like we, we do it every couple of weeks and I always look forward to it. And I think every couple of weeks is good as well because it gives me time to digest the previous one and then, then start to look forward to the next one. Last time we talked about Rahu in the second and this time Rahu in the third. So maybe I'll just give a quick, a really quick recap of what third house is and then we'll jump straight in. So I don't want to just list things though about what the third house, third house is, because it might just sound very sort of, how does that make sense and how does that connect with that? So maybe I'll just talk about how um, the significations of siblings, brothers specifically as well, ties with courage and communication. Um, so that they're all the things that the third house, basic things are said to uh, represent. So the inner significations and houses of astrology always represent something inner, something outer and then a person so it's like the inner is courage the outer is communication i guess communicating and communication in all aspects as well not just verbal but written so the written word is third house and then the person are the people are siblings and i guess thinking about it like when we're growing up the other thing is neighbors if you don't have siblings of course it's neighbors and like you play with your neighbors right um, it's all about play as well and interaction and communication and how you learn these things when you're a child. How, how do I play this game with this child or whatever? But also, how do I stand up for myself, right? Um, how do I engage? And the other thing about the third very significant thing is about uh, sex, okay? Because it's interactive. And the natural third sign of the zodiac is Gemini, uh, which is in Sanskrit, it's called Mithuna. So it's all about intercourse and interaction. So that's basically the third. I hope that makes sense. And now it'd uh, be great to talk about how Rahu in the third behaves, we could say, or how we could approach it in in some, in whatever way you feel. What, what, what are your initial thoughts? Right. Wow, that's a, a mouthful, isn't it? But actually, it's very clear, and you've summed it up nicely. And um, we can begin with the whole the whole of that, when you take it to the heart field, it becomes uh, a whole different ball game. 
And it's for me, it's like the quantum heart, that everything is possible and everything is smooth and it becomes a place of simple contrast rather than conflict. So it's the, the fun of having different colors and different flavors and different pleasures and different enjoyments and interactions. So they become expression of the heart field. And as you know, the, one of the um, descriptions of the, 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 the thing I explored, I started calling it communicating from the heart. And so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look at all of that. Uh, how playing from the heart field or within the heart field affects all of those with adventure and play and courage and siblings and neighbors and sexual partners and love affairs and the ultimate love affair of course being the the union of the conscious and the unconscious or the pre-conscious or the beyond conscious if you like so yeah it's it's exciting it's interesting because the other thing I wanted to mention now that you bring that in about the unconscious and the conscious and how the third house opposite the ninth, it's like it's said to be the lower mind as opposed to the ninth house, which is the higher mind, which, you know, uh -huh. it's, it's, it's kind of like seen as how we work it all out in our head. So it's not just communicating outwardly, obviously it's communicating, you know, what are we uh, speaking to ourselves? What's the internal dialogue going on? So, so speaking in the mind, maybe we're speaking about what I would call mind in, mind in separation, mind that is not rooted, or at least casually rooted, shall we say, in the, the heart, because you can't escape completely from being what you actually are, your nature, which is the heart, you know, what gives a humanity that, that bias towards a loving expression, harmonious expression. It's it's still we still are the heart. Whether uh, coherence or chaos appears to be happening, it won't affect the fundamental nature. It can't. There's only one thing to look at or to be. But the expression we as human beings, I, I, I sometimes feel that like consciousness comes into into form to make those choices for what we love rather than uh, going around in circles and having a chaotic experience. So, yeah, mm -hmm. heart communication yeah. makes it simple. This, this is the other thing, I think, when we get into Rahu now in the third, how, you know, because I, I feel like I'm always in these conversations playing devil's advocate, playing the sort of Rahu character to your, you know, other side of it. And it's kind of like, um, Again, it's, maybe it's the astrology, like it's, it's my background. So it's, I am very familiar with how the labels of Rahu are very contracted, like we've been talking about. Like I'm always looking at that side and you're opening my mind up to this other dimension. Like it's, it's like going into a house and there's this door and it's just always left ajar. So you kind of know that there's something on the other side of that, but it's like the door is left ajar and you don't ever walk up and, oh, and literally you've opened the door wide open and I've gone in and it's like, okay, this is a whole whole other big room here actually it's vast in here right so that's kind of what I think about in terms of the the third house it's like it could it could be with Rahu very constricted in many ways like communication could be affected and the other thing about that of course is that the third house is not just 
verbal communication or written or whatever, it's listening also, it's a back and forth. That's why I'm saying it's interactive, but that could be constrained or constricted in some ways for uh, some people. And that's why I think, okay, th this is bringing you the problem of Rahul the third is that it's like the inability to hear other people and being very opinionated, for example, right? So that is feels to me like a very constricted state anyway. So maybe you could maybe um, tell us about the opposite of that. Yeah, fortunately, uh, astrology always has those little uh, gaps, if you like, the little Sundays, the little spaces, so that we can move from the, the door being just a little crack open to being fully open. You've got, so, so even though you may have Rahu in a particular house, in the third house here, you're not only Rahu in the third house, you are many other flavors and experiences all woven together from all the other, fortunately. Otherwise, if we were just stuck as Rahu in the third house only, my God, that would be a bit hard. But you have the ninth house as well. So you have what you call the higher mind. I suspect that is the opening to what I call the heart field or the, the state prior to form at all, prior to, to existence, shall we say, in, in the form. That's really interesting because the third house obviously leads to the fourth house and the fourth house is literally the heart. Yes. Right, so it's a, everything leads to something else. So it's like when we say the third house, it's like, what piques your interest? What are you interested in? Like you say, like, what are you interested in? What do you love? You know, it leads to the next. Yeah, I see really clearly what you love, what you say what you love is what you put your attention on, what you are giving uh, life to. So when you give put attention, you're bringing it into form. You, you know, it's like, the double slit experiment, you know, it, every time you give attention to something, the manner in which you give attention modifies your result, your experience. So that if, if we remember, that's the thing in the third house, you might, for the mind might forget about the door is just a breath, a breath and the door is wide open. But if we stick with that as a, as a kind of um, collapsed particle, right? And we forget the waves and the waves are always there, always lifting us into other spaces. So, so stabilizing some aspect of your mind, some practice, knowing that heart frequency that you can't, you can't, unless you develop your intuition and, and your knowing and you give it attention, it doesn't, it doesn't expand, doesn't grow. And yet the third house, as you said, is about growing and expressing and communicating the more. Hmm? So, mm -hmm. so, so the third house will automatically, as you say in astrology, let's just lead on to the, ne the next thing. The heart field from in which all of this inheres, all of whatever it is, there's not a single thought, breath, clod of soil and stone or any star that isn't consciousness. It's all what I used to call, when I was young, I used to call it candy floss because it looks like filaments of light. <laughs> so it's all, it's all to be consumed or to be enjoyed, digested and allowed to come into form and shine. So it's the how. Now, when we take it to the heart field, you can take 
any experience, especially we need to take experiences of chaotic uh, disconnection, contraction. And if we program ourselves to immediately something goes wrong, a lost key, a cut finger, a bankruptcy, uh, uh, any kind of thing that the mind, what I call Mr. Frosty Breath, <laughs> the mind, my words for <laughs> says this is a disaster, this is terrible. What have you done now? What pothole? And it's not like that. It's, it activates the choice, and which needs, it needs to be developed. That we have choice in everything, every single situation, we have a choice. And as we expand that, that uh, ability, to make a choice in the midst of a dis parent disaster, we become uh, clearer and clearer. And so it is, as I said often, it is either easy or impossible. So if you try to play in the third house only as Ra in the third house and don't open to the other aspect, the, the, the other aspects of the heart field, the ability to put your head through the world like the alchemist did. They're still looking into space, mind you. There's still there's still a world out there. They're looking through the ceiling in that lovely picture, you know, of putting mm. your head through the rainbow and the ceiling of the world. It's still a world out there in outer space. We have to go into that inner space that doesn't actually uh, get affected by circumstances, doesn't allow itself to be moved from uh, by by any disaster, any apparent disaster, judge not, lest you be judged. So it's a question of, oh, that's curious. Oh, I'm supposed to be at this appointment in half an hour and I've got no key. Oh, now what do I do? Like you were saying earlier on, you know, in your experience, perhaps you share that, it's very easy to put your hand on your heart, you activate the heart frequency, but you only know that when you've got a frame of reference of practicing. And if we don't practice it, the doorway of the, the practice of breathing the door open or just seeing it open or knowing it's, it's there because it's not coming through the immediate senses. Mm -hmm. You have to develop it. So you tell us about your story, Gary. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to because it basically shows how what you're what we've been talking about now the last few weeks is, yeah. is really resonating with me obviously and it's working as well like in in, yeah. in practice so I, I my car broke down basically and i was there having to get it towed but normally that would be quite like uh stressful for me at least you know and it was it, it was a stressful situation but i did i did take a minute and i put my hand on my heart and i just came into that space and then it all went like a breeze like you said so i want to that 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 image you gave me earlier about the breeze, I think it's really interesting. Oh yes, shall I say it? Um, yeah. What did I say? I was speaking to someone and I said it's um. Oh yeah, the whole world, your whole life is a pattern of drifting clouds, and you are the breeze. You can realize you are the breeze which blows the clouds into the shape of your choice. Mm. <laughs> that's that's literally what it felt like. I was doing. I was like, okay. I have a choice here and this is very relevant in terms of Rahu in the third house because astrologically that is seen to be a very good place to put Rahu because it puts all our will and effort into making changes, positive changes and that's why it's said to be an Upachaya house, the 
where it just means growth or improvement. So Rahu does well in these Upachaya houses. There are a few of them. And the third house is the first one where it's like we put a lot of effort in and we make changes, positive changes. So it is actually seen as a good placement for Rahu. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just re reflecting on that. I'm just wondering, I've forgotten where my Rahu is. <laughs> do, you, do you want to know? Yeah. Or do you want to share it? Yes. Okay. I, I, it's interesting, I know, but you don't. <laughs> I've forgotten. Well, I, I probably do if I look at the It's chart. in the third. That's what I was thinking it yeah. was. Yeah. Yes. So maybe, I was obviously waiting for something to like resonate with you with third. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I thought about it before when we were discussing before we started the recording. And um, I was thinking, about, yeah, I think it's the third, but I'm not because I don't play with it a lot. Mm. I don't haven't got it as a clear map. My map, if you like, is playing free fall in the heart field. It's mm. not map even. It's just being there. So I forget the maps, you see. The map, right. And this is just another map, right? But I mean, you have your own maps. But I'm just wondering, this is really bringing up an interesting question for me because like now that you resonate more with this third house and you and you know, for me, the language that you speak about um, choice itself, that's Rahu in the third, you know? I have this question though. Um, and this sense always that it's, uh, let me use that example of when my car broke down. So it's kind of like, okay, I just needed to get into a space where I could influence what was going to happen next in a positive way instead of getting all stressed about it, right? That's one side of it. But another side of me thinks that actually that's not the small little Gary me doing anything, actually. It's the small little Gary me quietening down so that it gets in tune with the big me or the everything and everyone me. And then it just kind of falls in line with what's happening anyway. Would 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 that be? Yeah, absolutely. And and whatever way we describe it, it doesn't really um, affect the outcome. You you we can describe it in all sorts of ways. That's great. But just the practice of placing your hand on your heart, and you are taking your attention to the place where it's easy where it's done for the little one, where you, the vaster one, makes it harmonious, makes it simple. But like for me, the question that immediately comes up then is like, cause I get all of that and I sense it and I, and I know it cause I practice it, but then that, who is the me then blowing the clouds? Who is the you? Who is the me blowing the breeze, the blowing I, the clouds? Well, ultimately it has to be the, re the realization of that I am not separate, I am a continuum from the no thing, the no place, the prior state, prior to everything in form, all the way into form. Like, I move my finger, my hand, and my hand is an extension of my heart. It's interesting, you said that hands and arms are third house as well, but mm. I see my hand as an extension of my heart field. It's in the oval field of the, in, the, in that chest area. Mm. And the little buds of the, the, the hands, the fingers, start to develop at the same time as the heart starts to beat. So they actually are an expression of the heart field. So wow. if you look at it as the whole of the, of the body, the whole of our, our life, it's an expression con 
tenuous, no separation it can't possibly be. Just think about it, even logically, it cannot be other than a flowing into this bubble of time space, an exploration, a pseudopodic periscope, as one of my poems says, a pseudopodic. It's a little, I'm waving my hand around with my finger, poking it into the bubble of space time for anyone who's not, not seeing me. So it's, it's, it has to be that way, but we can't experience it unless we develop the neural pathways and the experiences and the spaces of connecting with the unknown, the unseen, the invisible, that we sometimes have flashes of intuition or knowing. And, and that can be mm, evolved. And as you say, the third house is a space of expansion and growth. And it, so it's an ideal place for expanding that capacity, making the choice, think, ah, I am not just something that um, eats my dinner and walks around and puts my clothes on and gets a new partner and falls in love and all of those things. It's all great, but it's all expression of the ultimate love affair of consciousness and manifest consciousness with itself, falling in love with itself, seeing, oh, what more can I be? Like a baby starts exploring, oh, what more can I do? Oh, if I move those little things that my mama's hung up here with the mobile, they move and I can touch this and I can put my fingers in the electric sockets and I can, well, whatever you can do, you know? Yes. So this whole existence is rooted in the movement of consciousness to embody and enjoy and play and explore. When you know that, you don't feel that separation or that or you can you can develop that sense of being in union with the original impulse to embody and you can you know you're never alone you're never separate you you you, you the, the this movement to take uh, charge of everything to control which leads to contraction that, that kind of falls away so mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. And for me, I love that imagery of, not just the image, it's that sense of the arms, the grasping, the reaching, moving from the heart space. You know, that makes so much sense to me. Like you were saying, we were talking about before about the mind being rooted in the heart, but also movement from the heart. Like even the way we speak, we use our hands. Yes. Or when we want something, we grab it as a baby, right? You know, that's how we start searching around. But it's like that for me, because of course, everything I understand, I frame around astrolo astrological everything, right? So it's like third house into fourth house into, uh, you'll see here my camera, for the, well, it's only us two watching each other, but I had this AI camera, this yeah. little third house thing. And if I, if I make certain uh, gesticulations like this, we'll zoom in. And I do it, I do it like, I don't realize I'm doing it. And if I'm on a Zoom call, it will actually just keep zooming in and out. And then if I do this, it'll start following me around the room. It's, ama it's amazing how, because that's the other thing about third house. It's all about uh, tech and machines and how we engage with like Zoom now. Everyone's on Zoom. So I'd love to talk about that a bit as well, like Rahu in the third, how we are, and we are in the future going to be more and more tech. You know, every, we're going to be wearing tech. We're going to be in it all the time. How do we, in that state, be open to the, 
vastness of who we are when we're kind of in, in at the same time we're just watching heads bobbing around on a screen do you know what i mean yeah yeah no i i, I totally understand it's going to be even more necessary or um imperative really to 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 know our origin to know where we originate to know the state it's not not a place it's more a state a kind of frequency a field and to know that we originate we are the desire or the the unseen unfelt desire of consciousness to the movement to embody to create and play and so even all the the automatic tech stuff it's still the play of consciousness, the lila of consciousness. Interesting that Rahu is the play. It, 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 really lovely to be reminded that my Rahu is in the third house because I talk about not workshops, but play shops. And the whole of life is not how people say, I'm working on that. I'm working. It's not. I'm exploring. I'm inquiring. I'm curious. I'm playing. Whole of life is a lila, that lovely Sanskrit word. And, play tale story so that's actually what the sign you know gemini which is the natural third sign anyway gemini is all about in western astrology it's often seen as the twins but in india they look at it as the uh, lovers male and female or masculine and feminine whatever you know so it's like the the two the polarities coming together emerging that union of opposites which is the ultimate love affair of everything as you put the two together there's a power release, like electricity, you put two words, or any two opposites. So when we get, this is really, really essential, when we get a moment that apparently has come randomly into our life of an accident or a, let's say something simple, little, little cut finger, and then, then when, we, when we root in that heart field, when we do that, we, we realize that only consciousness is activated only there isn't another force which cuts across and disturbs us it's actually saying wake up what you're going to choose are you going to stay running around in circles and when th this little game of putting your hand on your heart it's not so much of a game but it's a little signal to your mind to shift gear and go to the easy place and when you've trained yourself often enough, like you just explained, I mean, I have so many of those experiences. I knew from experiencing it in therapy sessions and I was doing the therapy when I was a facilitator, but then I started playing with it all the time. And it was a realization of the ease. You just have to remember, and it's simple. That's why it's either easy, or if you're doing in total contraction, you just go further in down the rabbit hole, down and down the insuensis spider I spoke about last time. And so, yeah. There, there, so it seems to me that because I have uh, an experience just recently about, and again, it's this thing of, am I doing this consciously? I mean, or I'm just making this more conscious that I'm getting more and more tense and stressed because I'm looking for that relief at the end. But sometimes like yesterday, I was doing this group thing and it was like I was in my head the whole two hours I was doing it. 
like I was and I was conscious of that I was staying in my head and it just so happened to be a Rahu kind it was a Rahu class as well that was the other thing and it's kind of like I was invoking that energy and I was it took me ages to wind down from that first of all because I wasn't resting in the heart and I didn't sleep well last night either because of it so I wasn't embodying it you know and I knew I wasn't and even though I was invoking that and I knew what I was doing it seems to me that it wasn't then it's I stayed so long in that space that I couldn't just tune out of it very quickly or easily it didn't rest at all all night do you know what I'm saying I I, I do I totally understand so it's really um, excellent to be in the habit of not thinking about it or am I in my head or that and just gently putting your hand here or even just a fingertip or, or or if you're driving the car and you can't, just thinking about it, you know, but just to be able to put a little a fingertip touching the middle of your chest, it's, it's not going to look odd or feel odd to people who are not playing with that, but it roots you into the space of becoming genius. Mind rooted in the heart, regularly practicing it moment by moment or having uh, intention I don't know to 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 put your hand on your heart every time you go through a, a doorway or every time you drink water or every time you go to the loo or but making a few little points that you know are going to happen and linking them you can train your neural pathways to root you because staying rooted with attention you don't have to put your mind there you can just put your finger here and your body gets it and will relax and the word, the key is allow. Put your attention a tiny bit, carry on thinking, but then your mind is in automatically illumined by that frequency. And your breath comes more easily. And you, you remember to, to allow the embodiment. It's a very simple, basic practice. In fact, it's so simple, I remember uh, oh, very early on in, pre in, in, in um, facilitating in this way, um, one of my clients rang me up the next day after a session and she said, oh, what was my homework? What was I supposed to do? I said, hand, heart, put them together. <laughs> the loop is completed because as we said, the hand, the fingers are the heart in expression. You touch with your fingers that space and it's enough to, you don't have to think about any particular spot or acupressure point or anything. It's the intention. And you will find that your mind gradually becomes permeated with that frequency and is automatically stress-free because it doesn't have to make that effort. And it's so useful when you're facilitating. Well, it's not more than useful. It becomes absolutely essential. You don't have to think. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm doing it now as, as you're speaking. And what yeah. I'm realizing is that normally when I'm speaking, um, mm -hmm. there is, like, I guess a lot of people have a sense of, well, when is it my turn to talk? <laughs> when when am, when am I going to speak? So it's not really listening. That's the other thing about the third house. And Rahu in the third could be, you know, not being listening. But as I'm listening to you now with my hand on my heart, it's first of all, like you say, it's, tension-free, stress-free, and also I'm able to listen and engage more with you. And it's not about trying to think about what, what's next, you know? So that's, that's what I'm sensing right now. 
It's the namaste place. Mm. When you are in that place, and, or that state, not place really, but it's like a location in the body. When I'm in that place and you're in that place, there's only one of us. I suspect that what we discussed at the beginning of how to play podcast game with uh, not interrupting each other. Mm. <laughs> so I'm, sure, I'm sure listeners will have gathered that there is kind of a, a change in the dynamic now because it's not a coincidence that we have discussed how do we um, engage in an audio fashion where we have this like new etiquette now with different audio platforms, podcasts and all Clubhouse app and all of that, where people are having this kind of back and forth. But it's not like you're with someone in, in a physical space necessarily because you might not even see the person. So how do you know when to stop? You're not getting the physical cue. You know, we are now, thankfully, because we're doing a Zoom so we can see each other. We can gesticulate. But normally, if you're on an audio platform, there has to be this new etiquette now. of OK, I've, I've, uh, oh, that's all I have to say, you know, or something. And then the person, the other person knows when to start speaking. But that's not normal in a sense. When we engage, we're normally in physical space with each other. Yeah. Yeah, we don't pass the talking stick, so to speak. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some kind of way. But obviously, this new way of, of, of communicating and living, where we're doing an awful lot more on, on uh, Zoom or whatever platform you use. And, and if you're not resting fully, in the heart and if you're not fully in that place of the namaste then yeah we do get crisscrosses interruptings and things but we're learning we're mm. learning we're playing with this new uh, new way of engaging with others mm. and if this third house is all about relationship it's an ideal time to be playing with it <laughs> right i mean that's the thing it's like this is a, just a, a new gate rules of engagement or, or whatever it might be but of course there's plenty of examples if you ever tuned into a, a clubhouse session which is basically an audio app like a, a social media audio app where people just go have this back and forth there's a lot of disagreement <laughs> there are a lot of people just disagreeing with each other and it's actually not pleasant to, to listen to either so there's that side of it there's that that's the rahu side of it because that's kind of like the the, the Rahu side of it of, of I just want to get my uh, um, opinion across and I'm not going to listen to what you have to say about it. What, what came to me just now is that, okay, so we have, have two hands. I'm holding up my two hands now. And those two hands with proprioception know how to touch the fingers and put themselves together. And when there's a, an interrupt or a, a less harmonious connection within somebody's body, people somewhere maybe multiple sclerosis or vascular sclerosis or something like that. And they can't quite get their hands together or, you know, it's, it's very interesting because it's a bit like that. Uh, certainly what the chaos that's going on in the world at the moment, um, it doesn't really flow. And we, when we are, when attention is coming from the place where there's only one, only one consciousness, not, not two, not 100,000, not the Tower of Babel, but one. And if we trained in education, well, children already know. I mean, they, they do know, but they also have to learn. We also have to learn how to be fully human from that space. If we are looking at circumstances, 
to reflect to us what we are, instead of referring to the, the origin, then yeah, we do, we do crisscross, we do interrupt, we, there is conflict. It was meant to be contrast for fun, like colors rather than one bright light. So. Right, like a, mix, like a mix of colors. Yeah, because for me, while I'm speaking to you now, and just because this conversation is about communication, I'm very conscious of resting in a heart space so that when I, when I do that, I can sense that it flows a lot more, as in I can listen to you easier. And therefore, when I listen to you, really listen to you, I can then engage with you better and know when to speak and not to speak. But if I'm not listening to you, obviously, I'm not in my heart, I'm in my head, like trying to express my opinion. Like, you know, I'm not listening to you, basically. Just it, that, like you say, there's no flow. And not listening to ourselves either, because really I'm a reflection of you. And so we end up being fragmented. I, I remember quoting to someone this morning, uh, that quote from the Popol Vuh, there's no pleasure greater than coming back to life again after having been torn to pieces. <laughs> and that describes where we, are, where we are necessarily going with the chaos that we're experiencing globally. And like in terms of that then, because everybody now is what they're calling like jaded with Zoom meetings and so on. What, what is that then? Is it just their, like that disconnect they're talking about now? I just cannot wait to be in the same space as people, you know? And this whole thing about, oh, I'm more introverted, so I don't mind so much, or I'm more extroverted, so I really need to be with people. You know, what, what is going on there in terms of the disconnect? I suspect that we all have to, each one of us, explore that for ourselves. And I know that I felt at the beginning um, very curious and deprived. That's a few years ago when we started to do more of this interacting on the net. But I've discovered you can have a, a slightly different but totally mm, nourishing experience of connecting with yourself when you pace yourself with, with Zoom and Messenger and on all of those different platforms. I, I can't say because we're still all exploring. We're at cutting edge. And you know, that word, that word Kishori that, that mm. I called myself, well, uh, Osho gave me the name. It mm. just means singer and dancer who will never grow old. Someone who is playing and is always new. You know, this incredible mystery that we have in life that's ever ancient and ever new. And it's always like the wave rising and, and breaking, rising and breaking. It's always in every breath renewing itself. And if we, if we go into head, disconnected from body, we don't know that we, we don't taste that knack of feet on floor or whatever parts connecting with, 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 with the surfaces, the chair or whatever, and, and embodied. It's totally possible to be nourished continually by the flow from the heart wherever we are, whether we're looking uh, at a, a forest of trees or a, apparently a computer screen, there's only one thing to see. And yes, we can start looking at uh, electromagnetic fields and influences, and, but it's all of a piece. Uh, did I remember, did I tell you about 
going to hear Fritjof Capra speak, many, you know, mm -hmm. tower physics. Oh, I must have been in my, oh God, 50, 60 years ago more. And, um, and he, he was talking about the tower physics. I don't remember the subject exactly, but I came out, I was in Victoria and I stood looking at the, the, the school opposite near the Houses of Parliament. And I remember to this day, I think, oh, wow, I can stand in front of a nuclear explosion and be unmoved. And that's where we as humanity are going. Yes, I knew then that this is a hologram. It's like my realization, it's holographic. Yes, we want to experience the solidity of this virtual experience, but I know we are moving towards this sense of uh, particle physics and the flow of the wave of life and, and being able to bilocate, being able to move the particles so we can we can dissolve and back in Star Trek, you know, or like, you know, like Yogananda's guru, <laughs> like Babaji, or whatever we can imagine. There is no fiction. So anything that we can imagine, like I'm imagining in some way through the electrical charges of this screen, that I'm sitting in a room looking at you, looking at Gary. But what's really going on? And we don't know what the, we don't fully experience, we know, but we don't fully experience what body is capable of doing as evolution happens. We, we don't know. But anything that any other has experienced in a story or a, an autobiography or, or whatever, it's all possible. It's all possible. All we have to do is open up the, the, the neural pathways, root in our source, and be curious. That that for me is like one of the main words of Gemini and the third sign, the third house is curiosity. Kishori, Kishori. Kishori is a state. It is a name. If you actually look at the names that people are given, given, and sometimes people change their names or get given a different name by a guru. A name is a description of a state. If we choose to anchor in that state saying, ah, I am, I am. And if I am is your name or your state, your fundamental essence state, then what difficulty is there? You come from that so new, whatever situation, whatever apparent tight corner, whatever little, whatever complication you might encounter with uh, in, in 3D land, in this story world, when we acquire that knack of resting in the unknown, in the in invisible, in what people used to call God, universe, wh whatever you want to call it, even those are words, forms, but that that nothing, if you like, the no, the prior state, then we rest in that, then we can create or imagine or define from the quantum state anything. How can there be any conflict then if every if everyone is reminded that they are, whether it's an educational system or whether it's, I don't know, parents, teachers, if we all, even a few of us, it doesn't take everybody, it takes 
one or a few, as Jesus said, few gathered together in, in my name, not, not necessarily Jesus. Jesus is another state. And everybody is a particular state. So, I mean, I play a game called in, Invisible Mentors. <laughs> you choose, so you don't have guides, you, you choose your mentors. You go, yeah, okay. I'm not going to all that now, but, but yeah. I, I have a sense a lot of, and, and, and this is resonate with, with what you're saying, I imagine that there's the heart space, I can go to that still space, that like no tension space. Yes. But at the same time, and there's that duality, I suppose, as well of Gemini. At the same time, I know that it's like Osho said, there are as many worlds as there are minds. Right? So it's like, you know, and we have this sense, I have it all the time, where it's almost like little doorways open in my mind where, oh, this, if I went down that doorway, this would open up for me. And if I went down that doorway, this would open up and everything here is possible. And it's like, how do we, you know what I mean? For, if you're not in the heart space, you could be just like, like the same ghost, curiosity killed the cat, right? What if you just end up going all down all of these routes where actually maybe you shouldn't go down? Well, you should, I don't know. Well, but you should, yeah. should go down or shouldn't. Well. I don't know. We could say should, shouldn't. But like, this, is, this is what I'm curious about because that's the sense of, for me, it's like, you know, if there are many worlds as there are minds, it's like, I have it. I know I do have a choice in terms of what door I'm going to open and go into and open that doorway into that world for a while. And if I do this and I do this, uh, or whatever, I don't even have to do anything. It's just there for me, right? I have that sense. But at the same time, it's like, is it my choice or isn't it? Like, am I making this choice? As we go on exploring these questions that you're asking, that, that many people who inquire uh, can, can, can be drawn to, to inquire in this way, the realization comes, the literal realization of what you are, not necessarily who you are, that's your choice, that's the becoming bit, but the being, what am I? What am I? That can, you can't really speak of it. You can do your best, you can try. It, it, you can, it's a koan. But if you go to the heart and follow your bliss, as Campbell said, and, or, your, or your, your, your pleasure, your joy, your love, and you stay with, oh, that door today, or that, that meal on the, rest, on the menu today, or that we have to be, really precise about defining and you can only be really truly precise when you come from that no place otherwise you're scattered like they're torn to pieces as the popol bow calls it and and the way to navigate this life of samsara the way to navigate is to come from that place where the navigation is done by the, the bigger you, the vaster you, the, the you that is before and beyond space-time. It's still you. You are, so look, I am my finger. If I'm lifting my right hand now and I'm pointing my finger, I can be my imagination, my heart, my breath. I can be that mystery that is before and beyond space-time. And I can be at the tip of this finger expressing. And I am all of it, I'm a continuum. So I, I, the moment I'm playing a lot with people, there is no death. What is death? Death is an experience. There is no end. It's, 
it looks like death because it's within this bubble of space time. But when the realization and the, uh, happens and the neural pathways open up more and more and more, the realization I am is all there is. I am that I am. And then the, the fun bit is bringing that into form with my superpowers. I mean, I am seems to the little me a superpower. Wow. And when you get skilled at playing with in the heart field, from the heart field, that's how you get, that's how miracles or people raised from the dead, all those stories that we hear. That's how it happens. They get so practiced at it. Yeah. Magic. <laughs> magic. It is magic. And I do feel like this conversation has really, even though I was quite tired before we started speaking, and I was a bit, I didn't, didn't sleep last night very well, yeah. but I do feel like I'm in this kind of more buoyant, childlike, curious, playful state now, which is, feels really nice. That's, that's the nourishing, you see. That's, mm. we're going back to last, last time we talked, looking at food. We don't, man does not live by bread alone. We don't actually need food. I mean, while we believe that, of course we do. Eh? But there is something else which brings us into form that nourishes, that is uh, uh, endless. No beginning and no end. And so it's, it's totally magical. Living as a heart field, merging with every situation that rises, in order to, to, to dissolve, to completely consume. You know, digestion is a wonderful metaphor for, for consuming life. Mm. So that we, we shine, but we don't burn up like we do if we're doing it from the limited self. But we have to be the continuum. It's not one or the other, it's a continuum. And as I said, mind and body then become genius and free and flowing and fluid. But it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a practice, you know, to begin with until it becomes automatic. You know, I did say that uh, this is about relationship. I did say I was going to share with you a little practice. Oh, yes, please. The, the, the practice it's, only, the practice. it's only about five minutes. but Our communication, anybody, yes. Any, sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 don't worry, please. We're, we're not going to get it perfect. It, and this is the lesson of Rahu in the third, isn't it? And for me also, I, like we talked about last week, I have Rahu in the second. So for me, it's always trying to figure out when do I speak, when do I not, you know? It's a bit of a balance for me. I, and I can go out of balance sometimes, but I'm, I'm playing with all the time. And again, for me today, this sense, and I know you're going to talk about this now more, but that even just the sense of and you directing me to the heart as we engage as we interact it's almost like we're in, like there's that engagement going on like it's an intercourse in a way it's not a physical intercourse but it's an intercourse and I, I feel like I can rest in the heart and have that intercourse yes we can do both at the same time mm. we can be the 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 vastness the un the the un not informed and that's how we the new humanity is 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 moving to to birth itself it's not yet born i've i say this often we are not yet born <laughs> like that beautiful poem of louis mcneese you know i'm not yet born oh hear me you know it's mm. it's 
it's a magical thing to realize. I remember the first time I ever realized that the world is not solid. Oh my God. I can remember it being like, wow. And I remember when I was 14, the beginnings of it happened, the first initiation I remember, and going around just touching everything, feeling it's solid, but it's not. I, the, the leaves of the privet hedge I walked by in the street, I was 14, or the pavement, or I'm going out of my body flying at night and looking at it all and realizing it's just a luminous field. But more than that, the game, the game of the of the un the un the, the formless moving into form, it's not just something you read about in books and Bibles and scriptures. It's what we're playing with. And it's so easily accessible and immediate. But you do have to practice from the desire to explore it. And the easiest way is to not play games in your, your head, not do anything, but just put your hand on your heart and go, okay, and body gets it. And every single time, this is something I used to tell my clients at the beginning, every single time you repeat that gesture, you are training your neural pathways to follow that route. It's, it increases. And that's why it's a third house thing as well. It, the ability to access the heart field or to be the heart field increases every time. Mm. Magical. It's magical. I love it. I love it. So are you going to do that? Um, oh, yeah, I will. Oh, oh, short sorry. practice with us? I will. I will. Yeah. So we have a world. Let's say we have a relationship to people and there's a feeling of incompleteness or anger or irritation or separation or grief because somebody's apparently died. And all of that can easily be resolved. There's a little practice. So you set up the room. You can do this as an inner visualization or experience, imagination, or you can do it with two chairs or two cushions in a room, right? So you begin by setting up the room, inviting the person who, let's suppose I have a friend that I've had an argument with, right? And inviting a friend to come and sit on the other chair and I'm on this chair. And behind the chairs, you imagine whatever you like, a super being, a being of light, a being from the heart field, anybody that you know, or some guru, or whatever, an angel, anything. It's got to be some unbiased, really conscious intelligence. And so each one has got a mentor, a supporter, an advocate. And that has metaphorically got a hand on the back of the heart, the spine behind the heart. It's a very important place. Spine behind the heart, and we can use the mind to play with that as well. So it's a very steadying place. You imagine somebody now with a hand on the back of your heart, somebody that is totally, totally dedicated to supporting you, and they put their hand on the back of your heart. Wow, doesn't it feel good? Yeah, okay. So then you are having a conversation. I might say, um, okay, Mary, we, we fell out last week and I want to talk to you. Thank you for coming and all that normal conversation. I express what I want to her and it's totally safe to say anything. You can scream, shout, swear, whatever you want. Then I hand over to her, give her the talking stick and she does the same. So maybe three or four times you 
you can be communicating in the 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 average disconnected way that when we're projecting onto another that we do that humans do and we have a conflict when we get tired of that because we will everybody gets tired of, of of and you've said as much as you want to say then you then fall into the heart field you've made the choice you put your hand on your heart and if you've forgotten you go to the being behind you and you ask for a reminder you remember that being and you put your hand on your heart and then you start to look with the eyes of the heart at the person the reflection because it's only a reflection intellectually you know that uh, if you've done any practice at all you know it is and you put your attention from the heart onto the heart you find that little point of light which i call the heart star this is the practice of merging of the heart stars and you start to focus on that person in the state of being the heart field and there's a deep relaxation takes place and you start to be very curious about the effects sometimes you will see the other uh, become illumined all sorts of things and then you swap if you if if you want to you can practice moving from chair to chair as you're playing with it this is just a little rough outline but moving from chair to chair as you take on the identity of the other that sometimes helps to give voice to it just moving your body so let's imagine i move to sit in the place of mary now and and i'm imagining a, a facilitator saying okay mary you've heard what fishery had to say now what would you like to say and but this time she's tired so she puts her attention on the the, the heart the heart field that little point of light putting your, your finger on it like an et finger you know little et finger glowing and you touch and then you go backwards and forwards with that experience it doesn't take more than one go if, if it seems to because you're in your mind you might do it two or three times but what happens is or what many many different things happen it's for people to explore and see what their experience is but one thing is that there's a meeting of the lines of light in the middle there's a namaste position happens the third thing is experienced and then there's the experience of being non-separate the non-separate state and all of that those words that have happened of disconnect and argument or grief it's very very lovely with grief for, for a loss because you realize that how can i lose i am that i am so it's a way of, of enlightening or bringing into an embodied enlightened state a particular experience and so it completely bypasses that grief i mean i'm i'm explaining about it but if you if anyone that's listening wants to play with it you just play and follow the instructions or the feeling the impulse the keala of your heart keala is a bengali word that means spontaneous impulse of the heart or fancy or whim and you follow the whim of your heart and you let yourself be directed by the heart in the whole thing you have to express all that is not expressed or enough of it so that you feel heard and that both aspects of you feel heard because it's all you there's only projection in the whole thing anyway but to bring that into experience 
rather than an intellectual knowledge, you play this little game. And at the end, there is, there is no separation. It takes a little practice, and that's one of the things that I play with, as well as the, um, what do I say, the, the uh, Invisible Mentors game. Many games, they're all games that uh, have been shown me, and I've explored and expanded them. So that for me is just the perfect expression of Rahu in the third. It's like a, engaging with the contracted state, the separation, the you know projection, especially engaging with it fully, and like with Rahu going there and just doing it until it's done, yes. but then turning it around and opening it up, and that just for me is like the best of both worlds. The 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 helpful thing is to set up an imaginary room or space and both of you have an, uh, a being of light, your, your full presence or an archangel or anything you want, Superman. Kids put Superman or, or <laughs> Wonder Woman or something and, and it's fine. And that, that, that hand behind your heart of that super being or that super state really helps in the expression, not to get completely drowned in the expression of grief or anger or whatever it is. And it's like, you know, Daridra Dukha Danaya, Namashivaya, delivering me from Shiva from all of this pain, suffering. That's the way. It's the freedom from disease and pain and suffering. That's the way to go. And it's so simple. It's so simple, but I was, until you just mentioned Shiva there, I was, in, I have to say, struggling to actually think about who or what or what deity, what, what image or what could I conjure up beside me or behind me to put, because it's a very powerful image, putting their hand on the back of your yeah. heart. But I couldn't actually come up with it. Actually, I just had this white light image. That's all right. Yeah. It's but then when you said Shiva, I was like, okay, actually, yes, that's a, a blue, calm, and meditative Shiva, just putting his stern hand on the back of my heart. That feels for me right to me at the moment, anyway. Then there you are. You've got your, you've got your super being, your, your ultimate mentor. A bit like Superman in, in the Hindu pantheon, yeah. uh, isn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's and amazing. Then, Thank you. I really, I, I really want to actually play with that. Yes. Uh, I've been using your language now. It's great because before I would might have said the word uh, work with that. <laughs> yes. I said, oh, I'd love to work with that. But no, no, I want, I want to play with that. Exactly, because play is that playful curiosity of having a look and seeing what, because you don't exactly know what it's going to taste like or be like until you've experienced it. And that is what the, the, pure consciousness and un, 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 formless, let's call it the formless self, moving towards, there will always be, nothing can come to an end, there will always be an expression of some kind because it's not in time. So there will always be some movement into this dimension. I mean, there are myriads of other ones, but they will, nothing can come to an end because it's all in consciousness. It's evolving. It's having a great time. That that space is having a great time. Explain, playing and exploring. Completely magical. That little perception shift to from encountering something like a, a, a car breakdown to being a magical portal to take you to like Dorothy clicking her heels on 
on the yellow brick road, you know, it, from any moment, it can be easy, can be impossible. But you are the more all... and more we talk, the more I'm not just because I understood it obviously from the very first time we spoke, but now I'm, I'm embodying it more and more. And it's like, like you said, the more you put your hand on your heart, the more the neural pathways will. I'm even in this conversation because I've had my hand on my heart for most of this conversation, yeah, yeah. It, it just feels like something is happening, yes, more and more and more, yes, yes. So yeah. I, I look forward to more and more and more, more and more Rahu in this way with you. And to tell you, one of the lovely things of writing is, is that kind of lyrical, luminous state in some people telling stories, and it feels like you're really there. And poetry, the rhythm of poetry, expressing what is unexpressible in, in poetry. And I'm just about to publish one of the six books I've got on a go. Yes, <laughs> which one? The, the, the one that might, the, the, the uh, gathering in of some poem, poetry over the years, yeah. not Rahul, Rahul's on, on the list. For later, yeah, yeah. Rahul. But the, the poems, the one I am a hologram and then my ocean mind and things like that. But I've gathered a, a selection and I think we're calling it Glimpses of Treasure Island, E-Y-E, mm. what I see. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming. But that, that, those games, I call games, ex you could call them exercises. It's what I love. I'm always making new ones. I'm always, always being revealed to me, new games, new ways, new portals, new explorations of what is, and then to embody them. So we can never tire. Mm. You remember that little quote, um, and they shall mount up on wings as eagles, and they shall run and not fail. This is the end times. Not the end of the world, it's the end of the struggle. And we have to go, we are going through the chaos. So as the chaos rises, we make our choice. And at the moment, it's very chaotic. But when enough people go, oh, for goodness sake, I'm absolutely tired of this now. And they start saying, oh, okay, okay, let's see what difference. And I, I, I know that I'm stopping being a, a voice crying in the wilderness and say, listen, guys, it's very simple. And there are lots more games and lots more videos, lots more things. Yeah, I do stuff with, with, with people and groups, but this, it's all there. If you want to, it's all for the asking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, my dear Gary. And, and thank you, thank you. I really enjoyed love talking with you. Yeah, likewise. I really and and I look forward to the next time. It'll be a bit longer, I think, the next one because I'm away for those two weeks, but. Yes. Next time, uh, Rahu in the fourth, which is the heart, actually. Yes. Literally the heart space. So, but we could talk more about that um, in astrology, what the fourth house represents, the mother, the home, yes. the yes. all of these things and yes. what it would mean in the contracted state, Rahu in the fourth, perhaps with uh, one thing I've noticed with people um, thinking that it's going to take some out, outward something or other, the perfect whatever, to be happy chasing something always. Rahu is like chasing. Yes. Instead of realizing that there's that inner joy that's always present. Like we're, we're touching on now, it's like, that's the thing with Rahu in the fourth. Oftentimes I see it in those who have it, where they are, it's like happiness is this thing that they have to get. And if they're thinking they have to get it, that, that it's telling themselves subconsciously whether or not that they don't have it and they're not happy therefore. It's our, but it's our natural state. It's our original state is 
happiness, it's mm. playfulness, it's the big mm. joke, it's the fun of mm. finding out, like a baby, exploring what it is, what it can do. Mm. That's what consciousness is. One, one line is, and baby eye seeing only itself as it awakens in form. That's what it is, it's a baby, it's the aeon, you know, the baby is awakening. Mm. Mm. So, so I look forward to that next time and then and I also just need to kind of just I don't need to do anything but I, I feel like there's this sense that I have from speaking with you always anyway and I've just got it really strongly this time and I, I don't know is it just because I put my hand on my heart as we've spoken I don't know it could be all of that but I feel like I want to take this with me into the rest of the day and play with this more and more and more so I know it'll be a few weeks before we speak again, but hopefully when we do that, I will have played with this on retreat as well and 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 um, report back. I feel like, you know, I've got something to report then, you know, it's like, oh, I, my car broke down the other day, uh, Kishori. Oh, but I put my hand on my heart and, you know, it's kind of like I'm playing with it, you know. And isn't it fun to have somebody else that's interested and going, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mm. like learning to, I don't know, skydive or... Or, or, or surf or something that you would think you can't do. That's exactly it. Because the thing is, is that most people don't express interest in the inner thing, in, in this thing. They talk about the interests that they have. And this is the other thing about the third house, in fact, that it's this obsession with what are you into. Like yes. even when you talk about sexually, what are you into? Yes. Or what are you? What kind of uh, films do you like? What kind of movies? Whatever it is. It's like it's always an external thing. But the, the, it's, all, it's all of a piece, as long as we don't cut it off. It's what you love, that particular taste of that strawberry, or that particular feeling of, the, of that, the cheek of somebody that you love, or that particular sensation, or, or I don't know, the feeling of the, of, the, of the flesh of a snowdrop when you stroke it, or it's the tiniest little detail, and it's the, vastness of it and the, the the relief that's another lovely word the relief of knowing that you are absolutely not alone and yet you are totally sovereign of your life because that way the new humanity is evolving it has to evolve out of this chaos it has to no it's it, it's 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 a natural state of evolution to wake up to what we are Anyway, my dear. Um, just, thank you so much. I just feel a bit um, emotional as well at the moment. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know, what it, some, something you said there just kind of really, it's like, I feel like there's waves coming over me. The relief. So, yeah, it, relief. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's the relief. And it feels like also the tears could start flowing in a minute. So I'm going to, maybe we should end this call. I don't want to do yes. like a crying on, on the podcast. <laughs> so sorry to have to have cut that um, podcast uh, short. I mean, we had finished up anyway, just saying our goodbyes. But um, I really did feel like I could have um, had a bit of a cry then. Um, so um, thank you all so much again for listening, if you've listened all the way through. And uh, you can always reach out to Kishori and discover more about her writing, especially she's writing a few books that she's now publishing in the next while. Um, go to magicmakeover.com. That's M-A-G-I-C-K hyphen makeover.com. Uh, my own website here is timelineastrology.com. You can also find me at patreon.com 
forward slash timeline astrology. I write daily reports as well as monthly uh, forecasts uh, for patrons and I produce monthly video horoscopes. So you can um, have a look there, sign up and just go a bit deeper with the astrology. Um, next time we're going to talk all about Rahu in the fourth house. I look forward to that and um, until next time. Thank you.